The title of my sermon today is The Tampa Temple. Please, I want everyone to see that if you can, unless you are part of the media. Please, to see that. I do not want to be distracted. Thank you. I don't want to be distracted. The Tampa Tampa Temple. Amen. I'll try as much as possible to do this in, I've got one hour, one minute, and one second. I'll try. One of the things that a Jew is known for, or if you spend the time to study the life of the Jews, you'd realize that their central focus, or what makes them a united body, is the temple. Somebody say the temple. The temple for the Jews is one of the things that make them a united force. And that's the reason why when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, there were lots of questions about what would they do. In Acts chapter number 15, the Bible speaks about how the apostles and the elders and the prophets met together and they began to deliberate about the temple and the worship. To them, the temple was everything. At the point in Matthew chapter number 23 and 24, Jesus gave the Olivet Discourse and he mentions the temple, how the stones will fall upon one another. The temple for the Jew is, is so venerated that they, 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 they worship the temple more than they do God. The temple for them was more, more than, it, it, was a, it was so ritualistic, it became almost like a god. The temple became an idol. A Jew may not worship God, but will go to the temple and offer sacrifices. So in the Old Testament, we find the temple as a central theme for the Jewish believers. Actually, one of the dangers we make in the church when we study the Bible, we spend the time looking at the Bible from only a Christological perspective. But Israel constitutes five-sixths of the entire Bible. So an overview of the New Testament is having an understanding of the Old Testament. Amen, church. Every time I say that the Old Testament is found in the New Testament reviewed. And the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament. So to have an understanding of the whole view of the paragraph A. Bible says all scripture. Somebody say all scripture. Paragraph A, all plural, scripture singular. All scripture is given by inspiration. It means that the scripture is, 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 is verbally, it, 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 just, not just, it's trying to say the Bible is inerrant, it's not even sufficient enough. The original manuscript is perfect. We understand there are many, many copies that come from that. But the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration. It means that the source of the Bible has to come from an extraterrestrial dimension. It means that the source of the Bible has to come from beyond time, space, and matter. Everything in the Bible is there by prophetic engineering. Every single thing, the words, the, the, the use of fraud. A lot of times when we understand how the Bible was constructed, you will understand the reason why I am very deliberate about my theological position, about the literal meaning of the word of the Lord. So if you take the time to study the life of the Jews, you realize that their lives are centered around the temple. Amen. The last time I spent uh, quite a while talking about the tabernacle, the tabernacle is only a moving tent. The tabernacle is a moving temple. A temple is fixed, but a tabernacle is mobile. And that's the difference. So if you are a Jew, what qualifies you as a Jew is understanding what makes the tabernacle a tabernacle. And I mentioned the fourth thing that makes it a tabernacle. The priesthood, ironic. The offerings, burnt, peace, trespass, sin. Kind. Then the, the, the structure, the outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies. And the, and the furniture. So what makes a Jew a Jew is understanding that everything in the temple is there by deliberate design. But the question becomes, as a New Testament believer, everything in the temple points to Jesus. Amen. So Jesus is the full representation of the temple. 
And a lot of times, and I know I don't want to cause any stare today, but you see, when we, when we speak of Jesus, we think his name is Jesus. Jesus' name is not Jesus. It's his title. Yehoshua, the one who saves, that's not his name. That's what he does. Christ, Christos, the anointed one. His name is not Jesus or Yeshua. Yeshua means the one who saved. That's his title. For he shall be called what? Emmanuel. That's what the Bible says. Which means God with us. Let's go back. But the reason why God is with us in the New Testament was because God was with them in the Old Testament. Are you hearing me, church? And we had the name Yehoshua because the name Jesus means Joshua. That's his name. Which means the one who saved, that is, that's his purpose. Are you hearing me, church? The anointed one who saved, that's his purpose. But he shall be called Emmanuel. And the meaning of Emmanuel is God is with us. The Bible says in Exodus when God encountered Moses, God said to Moses, build me a tabernacle so that I might dwell with my people. I might sahar with my people. I might dwell with my people. But the problem with that scripture is that a holy God cannot dwell among sinful men. So God had to create himself a tabernacle that he might dwell with the people. Are you hearing me, church? And that's the reason why John chapter number 1 verse 14 quickly. That's the reason why when John started the book of John, as he opened the narrative in John chapter number 1, the Bible says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word. Jesus is the word of God. Amen. The word became flesh and dwelt, not visited. You know, I, say, I said one time that we, we, we preach the scripture, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. But the reason why a lot of us are not abiding because we're not dwelling, we are visiting. To dwell means to make your permanent habitation. Are you here in church? And I think the charismatic church know how to dwell on Sundays. But on Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturdays, we're always visiting. Are you hearing? The Bible says, and, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. To behold his glory is to look upon the glory. Now, the word glory, we understand, docs are what it means, that Jesus is the full character, is the full representation of the invisible God. He is the glory of God. He is the glory of God incarnated in flesh. Are you hearing me? Jesus is the embodiment of God, the Godhead. When we see Jesus, we see the, the entire nature of God. Are you following me, church? And the Bible says that he is the word. And the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full. Somebody say full of grace and, and truth. Jesus is the full representation of God amongst his people. Just as he was in the Old Testament, he was amongst his people. He's also in the New Testament amongst his people. But even better for the New Testament believer, it's not just amongst the church, it's in the church. Are you hearing me, church? So in, in the Old Testament, he was in the tabernacle. In the New Testament, it's in us. Are you hearing me, church? Jesus is in us. Collectively as a church, we are collectively the tabernacle. But we are individually a tabernacle. We are individually a tabernacle. And we are collectively the tabernacle. Are you hearing me, church? So Jesus is not just with us, it's in us and amongst us. 
That's the reason why if you spend the time to look at the book of Revelation chapter number 2, the church of Ephesus, the Bible speaks about how Jesus is in the midst of the lampstand. How can he be in the midst of the lampstand and at the same time holding the lampstand? Are you following me, church? It's in the midst and at the same time holding it. Because it's not just in us, it's also with us. Amen. So we see that Jesus is the Emmanuel of God. Amen. Jesus is the Emmanuel of God. Jesus is God resident in flesh. And the reason why Jesus has to reside in flesh is because gods don't bleed. Are you following me? And because gods do not bleed, you know, I, 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 I don't want to go into the argument of a, a very, very known preacher who made a statement that said that Mary is not the mother of Jesus. The theological word is called Theoconus. The idea is that Mary did not birth Jesus. That Mary's womb is only a vacuum that Jesus had to humanize. The problem with that is that God did not need Mary's eggs. If all, all Mary would do is incarnate Jesus. Mary's egg was involved in the creative process. If Mary was not involved in the creative process, then Jesus cannot be human. And Jesus had to be human to be a priest. Jesus is not a priest as God. He's a priest as man. Why? Because priests don't pray for men. Or gods don't pray for men. I say every time that it is impossible for a deity to forgive sin without compromising his righteousness. In order for God to forgive sin, God had to become man. So that's the reason why Mary's egg was necessary for Jesus' birth. He had to come through the line of David. Through Nathan. Are you here in church? If Mary's egg, if Mary was not necessary in the creative process of Jesus, then Jesus would have been fully God and not man. Mary's womb was not just a vacuum. Mary's womb was needed for the humanity, or the humanity of Christ. We we'll call it the hypostatic nature. That Jesus is fully God and fully man. We cannot discredit, and, and let me make it very clear. We cannot discredit the part of Mary in Jesus' creative process. She's not God. The wise men did not bring her gift. They brought to Jesus. We don't worship her. However, the concept of the immaculate conception is not about the deification of Mary, but it's about the divinity of Christ. So when we hear the word immaculate conception, it has nothing to do with the womb. It has everything to do with the divine. Jesus is the immaculate one in Mary's womb. Are you here in church? Why am I saying that? That Jesus is, Jesus is necessary to understand he is the temple in the New Testament. Everything that you find in the book of Exodus points to Jesus. And if we are the body of Christ, then we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are you here in church? So before we go, that understand when John was writing this, John had come from Ephesus. At the time... We understand, I'm probably going to give you a bit of history because of my time. We understand at the time that Vespasian had died. Because Vespasian was the one who took over from Nero. And I'll, give you, I'll, I'll talk about the history later. Uh, because the plan was for Vespasian was sent by Nero to go to Jerusalem and overtake uh, and take Jerusalem. But on his way, he went through Joppa and Jericho. On his way to Jerusalem, he heard news that Nero had committed suicide. And what he did was to go back to Rome and place his son Titus to take care of the Jerusalem church or Jerusalem synagogue. That's the reason why it fell in 78. He became what? He became the emperor. But you must realize that when Vespasian died as the emperor, that was when John came back from Patmos and began, it, actually John died in Ephesus. 
It was from Ephesus he wrote the book of John, the gospel of John. And that's why he started out, in the beginning was the word. Because John was the only one who defined Jesus in his glory state. Are you following me, church? Jesus is the residence of God bodily. Jesus is the, 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 Jesus is the carrier of the Godhead. You know when you get born again, you have the full Godhead in you. So I decided to put this in three series. In 30 minutes, I'll be done. Promise you, the Holy Ghost will come upon me. We have to leave there very soon. Let's talk about the, before we talk about the destruction, we'll first talk about the desecration, then the desolation, then the destruction. Let's talk about the desecration. The temple was so holy that a priest, when he goes into the temple, they had to tie a rope around his waist just in case anything happens there. So the priest has to wash himself in order to qualify to serve an offering. So much so that if he goes there, he's thinking, if I committed sin, I have to cleanse myself from the lava. Because if I die, they have to pull me out. The, the, the temple was so holy that it was venerated, it was fed. How can a fed temple become desecrated that God's presence left? How can a temple that is meant to be a, a, a place where men will come and give an offering to the Lord? And for some reason, men desecrated this sacred place. So much so that God left in the book of Ezekiel. I'll read that in a moment. So I want to take you through a journey of the book of Ezekiel chapter number 6 from verse number 1. Let's talk about the desecration of this temple. If this temple is perfect, why is it desecrated? I want you to read for yourself to understand this and know who you are in the New Testament. And I'm going to allegorize this in a minute, make you understand. And the word of the Lord became flesh and dwelt amongst us. John, Exodus, Ezekiel chapter number one, chapter number six, quickly. Right, the word of the Lord came to me saying, very quick with me, Son of man, set your face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. And say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God to the mountains. To the hills and to the ravines and to the valleys. And indeed, I, even I, will bring a sword against you and I will destroy your high places. Then your altars shall be desolate. Your incense, your incense altars shall be broken. And I will cast your slain men before your eyes. This is God speaking to the Jews. And I will lay the corpses of the children of Israel before their idols. And I will scatter your bones all around your altars. In all your dwelling places, the cities shall be laid waste and the high places shall be desolate. So that your altars may be laid waste and made desolate. Your idols may be broken and made to cease. Your incense altars may be cut down and your walks may be demolished. The slain shall fall in your midst and you shall know that I am the Lord. Eight. Yet I will leave a remnant so that you may have some who escape the sword among the nations. When you are scattered through the countries. Then those of you who escape will remember me among the nations where they are carried captive because I was crushed by their adulterous heart which has departed from me and, uh, and by their eyes which played the halot after their idols. They will, now if you read chapter number 6, you will see all that Israel has done. They became a halot, a halot nation. A nation that sinned against God. The nation that spent a lot on the things of God, they sinned against God. And God said to Israel, I will make you a desolate nation. Are you here in church? I will make you a desolate nation. That's what the Lord was saying to them. I will make you a desolate nation. So you see, all the mess that Israel had done, 
that your heart has been sown to idolatry. And God was upset and God says, even your altar of incense I will destroy. Now let's see what they did. Give me Ezekiel chapter number 8. Let's see what they did really. And let's see what we are doing too. Ezekiel 8 verse number 1. And it shall come to pass in the eighth, sixth day, in the sixth month of the fifth day of the month, as I sat in the house with the elders of Judah. Now, Judah meant the servant kingdom, okay? Judah, sitting before me, that the hand of the Lord fell upon me there. Then I looked, and there was a likeness, like the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his waist, and the down part fire, and from his waist and upward, like the appearance of brightness, like the color of amber. He stretched out the form of his hand and took me by the lock of my hair and the spirit lifted me between the earth and the heaven. This guy, Ezekiel, was between the earth and the heavens, okay? It was between the earth. Some call it a constellation, but he was between the earth and the heavens. Now, some call it trance. And brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem to the door of the north gate of the inner court. The north gate. Where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes the jealousy. Now, this is actually the temple. Ezekiel is about to see something going on in the temple of the Lord. And the first thing he saw, the Bible says, was that. In verse 4, and behold, the glory of Israel was there. At this time, the glory of God of Israel was there. Like the vision that I saw in the plain. Let's keep going. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Be fast. Then he said to me, son of man, lift your eyes now toward the north. So I lifted my eyes toward the north. And there, north of the altar gate. There's an altar gate, the Bible says, was the image of jealousy. I mean, this is the temple of God. The first image I saw was the spirit of jealousy. The church, jealousy. And you wonder why there's so much. Anyway, let's keep reading. Verse number six. Furthermore, he said to me, son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great, whenever you find the word abomination in the Bible, it speaks of idolatry, Okay. I would say the great abominations that the house of Israel commit here to make me go far away from my sanctuary. Now, turn again, you will see a greater abomination. So he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, there was a hole in the wall, in the court that had the tapestry. But for some reason, there was a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door. In the, in the sanctuary, there was a hole. And when he dug into the hole, I, I think I, I, I spent the time I taught my, my watchers. Um, when they dug the hole, they saw a door. There was a door in the hole. <laughs> there was a, they call it portal. There was a, there was a portal in the, in the temple. That was an idol. That was another kind of dimension in God's dimension. Mm. And he said to me, go in and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there. Verse number 10. So I went in and I saw every sort of creeping thing, abominable beast, and all idols of the house of Israel portrayed around. This is the temple of God. This is creeping stuff, Leviathan, Python, in the wall of the church. And there stood before them 70 men of the elders of the house of Israel. And in their midst stood Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan. Each man had a censer in his hand. And a thick cloud of incense went up. Verse number 12. Let's keep going. Then he said to me, son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? When no one knows, in the dark, they have built idols in the temple. In the dark, they have created porters in God's temple. 
Witchcraft in the church. When no one is watching, they've created portals with all creeping beasts in the temple that is meant to be holy. A place of holiness has become desecrated because of the jealousies of men. The altar has been desecrated. The incense that's meant to be the prayer of the saint has been, has been messed up. And the Bible says, then he said to me, son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? When no one knows. But the problem is this, why is the temple dark? The temple is meant to have the menorah, the light that shines 24 hours. But the reason why the temple is dark because there is no one to put the oil. Where are the priests? No one to light up the oil anymore in the house of God and it's dark. So dark that he will have found his way in the church. That's the reason why in the book of Revelation chapter number 2 verse 20. It speaks of that woman who calls herself a prophetess, Thyatira. That she's taught my sons and servants how to eat things sacrificed to idols. The question is this. We talk about Jezebel in Thyatira. I have a problem with that. I ask, where are the elders? Where are the prophets before, before, before the first one came? Where are the true ones? Where are the watchers when Jezebel had the microphone? Where are the ones who call themselves the gatekeepers when Jezebel came and teaches and began to teach the leaders how to eat things sacrificed to idols? She spent her time to take them through a course. She taught the leaders how to eat things that are sacrificed. Where are the watchers? Where are the prayer warriors? Where are the leaders? Jezebel can comfortably take the microphone from the church in the church and preach because those that are meant to see are sleeping on their posts. There is an abomination in the house of God because those that are meant to mend their walls are snoring on duty. There is an abomination in the house of God because those that are meant to lift up their leaders are slaying them all together. So Jezebel has found a throne on the altar and now we venerate Jezebel and call her mama in the church. Why? Because she has poisoned the minds of the saints. Why? There was a hole in the wall. There was a hole in the wall. The devil has broken through the wall. And if you look through the wall, the Bible said there were beasts and creeping creatures in the wall. Serpentine spirits and Leviathan in the wall. We'll come to church and pray, but we don't know that there is a portal that has been created in the church. What we lift up only hands to praise God, but some have created portals in the church. And that's why there's so much demonic activities going on. Why? Because we don't understand that the enemy has done this, has broken the walls, and the enemy has planted his base in the church. I wish the watchers were here. I wish the prayer warriors were here. I wish the sons of God were here. That there was demons and there were powers fighting the church in the church. Then he said to me, son of man, have you seen what the idols of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the room of his idols. Everyone had their own idols. Before you say, I'm not one of them, let me tell you your own idols you may not even know. Your idols may not be you bound before a craving image. Your idol may not be evil. You go into an altar and bind your head. Your idol is anything that takes the place of God. Are you hearing me, church? Your idol can be your family. If your family takes the place of God, they become your idol. Your idol might be your job. When you venerate your job, when you do God, might be your idol. Your idol might be your children. When your children has become your God. Your idol is anything that takes the place of God. For many of you in this place, the truth is this. Is that whilst you love Jesus, you love him the second. You love your family the first. An idol is anything that displaces God from your life. And then you prostrate and venerate. That's your idol. We've made our families idol. You want to hear the one that, 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 will, that, that will even shock you? Your idol can be church. Because a lot of you love church so much that you love doing the things of the king but have no relationship with the king. That might be your idol. 
Your idol is anything that takes away your devotion from God. And it's very easy for you and I to say stuff like, well, I don't bow down before an image. Yes, you do. You bow down before your children. You bow down before your job. You bow down before money, mammon. You bow down before anything, anything that takes the place of the divine is an idol. Most of you, your relationship has become your idol. Your, your night in Shining Namo has become a knife. It's an idol. What is the thing? What are the things that takes the place of God? These are idols. The Bible says every man in his room and his idols. For they say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. Let's go quickly to verse number 13. And he said to me, turn again. Turn again. And you will see a greater. You realize that there were levels of abominations. Everywhere you turn, there's abomination. You're north, the east, the west, and the south. There were levels of abomination. Your abomination may not be like mine, but it's still an abomination. Apostle, I don't fornicate, I just lie. It's still an abomination. He said to me, turn again and you will see the greater abominations that they are doing. Verse 14. So he brought me to the door of the north gate of the house, lost house. And Bablet, you must realize the north gate is the gate that is closer to the Holy of Holies. On the eastern gate, you have what you call the tapestry. On the northern gate, you have the, 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 gold, the golden incense close to the Holy of Holies. On the southern part, you have the table of showbread. And on the eastern part, on the western part, you have what you call the menorah. On the no closer to the Holy of Holies. It brought me to the north, the door of the north gate of the lost house. And to my dismay, women were sitting and women were sitting. I wish I had all the time, no time today. Women were sitting, not standing. They were sitting and weeping for Tammuz. Just in case you don't know who Tammuz is, Tammuz is the son of Nimrod and Semiramis. So Semiramis is the mother of Tammuz. They call him the unholy trinity. Nimrod, which means we will rebel. You know who was the first builder of what you call Babylon is Nimrod. Nimrod built Babylon. The Bible says that and the women were weeping for Tammuz. Tammuz was a god. Are you hearing church? They were weeping for this unholy trinity, this thing that has been birthed, Tammuz. And I think that the danger with this is that even in the church, women hear me, I realize that the church has become so sensational and emotional that they weep for God but don't share a tear for Christ. And I think I need to let you know, church, that God is going to judge the church. Why? Because you come to church all stone cold. You come to church, you're not moved by the word, not moved by worshiper. You come to church the worship leader is worshiping you are stone colder but I don't understand how you weep for Tammuz. You weep for the gods of this world. You weep for the gods of the flesh. The Bible said these women made themselves an altar and began to weep for Tammuz. In the temple. In the temple. Verse 15. Then he said to me have you seen this O son of man? Turn again. Turn again. And you will see a greater up again. This guy's turned 360. Turn again. Aren't you tired? Even in the current church. Everywhere you look, the church, so much so now that you hardly differentiate a cult from a church. You hardly differentiate a a leader who loves the Lord and the one who tells you to honor and worship them. In this part of the world, and I think it's a western part of the world where leaders 
would want members to pay obeisance to them. In the part of the world where the leader tells you that without him, you can do nothing. Where a leader thinks that he has your life. Where a leader feels like he can curse you. Let me remind you, no man on the earth has a right to curse whom God has blessed. And, and many of you might have come from those kind of churches where leader says, if you leave me, you can, I tell you, I promise you, I promise you, no man on earth, the reason why their words are fighting you is not because their words have power, but because you are afraid. Verse 16, let's go. So he brought me into the inner court. The inner court and of the Lord's house and there at the door of the temple of the Lord between the porch and the altar were about 25 men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east and they were worshipping the sun. They were worshipping the sun God. The capricious God. They were worshipping the God of Mesopotamia. They were worshipping the God of Babylon. In the temple. They turned their back against God. And they looked at the temple. And they worshipped the temple. And there were 25 of them. Turned their back against God. And they bowed their head and said, They've turned 360 against God and looked at the sun and said, The sun is sufficient for us. Verse 17. And he said to me, Have you seen this old son of man? Is this a trivial thing to do in the house of Judah? To commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence. Then they have returned to provoke me to anger. Indeed, they put the branch to the nose. Let's read one more. Therefore, I also will act in fury. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them one That's all for that. The desecration of the temple was when men brought idols in the temple. Let me give you a story of how the temple was desecrated. I, I, I don't want you to look at the book of the Maccabeans, but that's not for you. Before Jesus was even born on the earth, 300 years before, no, about uh, 100 plus years before he was born, there was a guy by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. Antiochus was a, like a Greek governor, Greek king. Give you the history bit. Under Solomon, the kingdom was divided into the southern and the northern. The northern kingdom were taken by the Assyrians with Jeroboam. And the northern kingdom, and so the southern kingdom was by the Babylonians 70 years later. And these guys were taken to exile for 70 years. And much later, about 564 B.C., 
was the guy by the name of Cyrus, who was a Persian. Cyrus had come, and Cyrus had released the Jews back to their homeland in 1515 BC, so about 21 years, 21 years later, to go back to the land. So Israel had come back to the land to rebuild their temple again. And they were happy, rebuilding their temple again. This temple that was desecrated was being rebuilt again. We see Zechariah and Igai. But as if that was not enough, there was a guy by the name of Alexander the Great. He was a Macedonian Greek. Alexander the Great had four generals called Lysimachus, Cassander, Ptolemy, and Seleucus. This guy called Ptolemy was the guy who took Phoenicia, Israel, Egypt, and Syria. So he took over Egypt and Israel and Phoenicia and Syria. So Israel was under his control. This guy by the name of Ptolemy. It was in his time that the Bible was translated to Greek. Fast forward through his line was a guy by the name of Antiochus, Epiphanes. He was a Greek guy. And Antiochus' assignment was to Hellenize the nations, was to make the nation Greek. So even though the Jews were Orthodox, the Jews were divided because there were some that were Hellenized Jews and some that were Orthodox Jews. The Orthodox Jews were the Pharisees and the Hellenized Jews were the Sadducees. And if you spend the time to look at the book of Acts chapter number 6, the Bible says there was a problem in the land. Why? Because the women who were of the Hellenistic tribe of, the, of Judaism, they were not served. Stephen, you know the story already, right? Yeah, it started from this. And, and this guy by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes was so angry that the Jews were not willing to, to, to comply. And what he did, he, he created what he called superintendents. And these superintendents were those who would go to the priest and tell the Jewish priest to make sacrifices. But guess what Antiochus did? Antiochus went to the Holy of Holies and built an altar for Zeus. Are you following me? In the sacred Holy of Holies and built an altar for Zeus. And all the Jews were angry. But guess what? The Hellenized Jews, the Greekish kind of Jews, they were okay with that. And one day, this guy that was called Matthias Hasmon from the Hasmoneans. Matthias Hasmon was a priest who was an orthodox priest. One day, this Greek superintendent came and told Matthias to sprinkle blood, the blood of pigs, on an altar in the Holy of Holies. Matthias said, I'm not going to do that. But one of the Jews who was Hellenistic, who has adopted a, a Greek culture, decided to do it for Matthias. Because of that, Matthias was angry. And Matthias struck both the Jew and the superintendent. And then Matthias ran. If you spend time to study what you call the Hasmoneans, the Hasmoneans, or uh, Matthias Hasmon is the father of a child that was called Judas Maccabeus. So when this guy died, who was a priest, his son took over that was called Judas Maccabees. You hear me, church? Why? Because you will realize that Jesus was, would quote from Daniel. About the desecration of the temple. But before Jesus was born, this guy called Antiochus Epiphanes was the first desecrator in that Greek word. Are you following me, church? What, in, when he desecrated the temple and died later, his son that was called Judas Maccabeus. Have you heard of the Maccabees? The book of the Maccabees, is, there were eight volumes, but two was written. Why? It was written about the desecration of the temple. And these guys that was called Judas Maccabeus, he ran away. They ran away, and then they, 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 they came back and they cleansed the temple. The cleansing of that temple led to a festival called the Hanukkah. The Hanukkah was celebrated a few days ago. 
The Hanukkah was called the festival of light. Why? Because the light that was in the temple was, was blown out. So when they came back and retook Jerusalem again, they celebrated the Hanukkah. The Hanukkah is called the festival of light. Why? Light has come back into the temple because Antiochus Epiphanes had desecrated the temple. Are you following church? Now Jesus will say later that when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel in the holy place, Jesus was making both a reference of Daniel chapter number 9 verse 23 and the future desecration coming again. But hear me church, this desecration led to something that we call the desolation. The desecration of the temple it led to desolation, not destruction yet. Are you hearing me, church? What is the desolation? The desolation is the deserting of the temple. They had, actually, when you read Matthew chapter number 24, it's called the Oliver, Oliver Discus. It speaks about the abomination of desolation. Actually, it's meant to be the abomination that led to desolation. That's the NIV. Are you following me, church? So the, the temple has been desecrated with all things on the altar, with all things in the temple. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll, I'll spend a few minutes to speak with you about your temple. Because a lot of you, even though you are the temple of the Lord, I want to ask you your private temples. The, the temples that you serve when you don't come to church, the one that you serve is at home. The, the temple that you hide behind, but you come to church. So you come to church on Sunday and we have the, the body of Christ's temple. I want to talk about your little shrines. Your little altars in your houses. Your little temple. The, the one, the little leaven that leavened the whole lump. The, we come to church and we lift hands together, but you have a little idol that you also deify. We come to church and you praise God, but you have the one that you bow to. The one you left in your house. You want the, the one that is your own little shrine that you curse your friends and beef your friends. That little temple sometimes has a green, a green symbol called WhatsApp. The little temple, little temple that you come to church on Sunday, you lift up holy hands with your church members, but you gossip, you, 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 you serve an altar called WhatsApp. And you, 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 you make libations and, and, and you're killing your brother and your sister on that text message. And you think you come to church on Sunday, you love on them in the morning. And then at night time, you gossip about them. The same one that you love in the morning, at the night time, you backstab them with your screenshots. That little temple you have in your houses. Those little temples you have. You know those, those Zoom meetings you have. Those fake prayers you pray. And you say, let us pray for Sister ABC. You're not praying for them really. You're just gossiping about them. Those little altars you've served in your local churches. And then you come to church on Sunday and you weep before God on the altar. May you go back to your text message again and look at how you've cussed the one you say hello to in the morning. I pray the church understand that God doesn't need any temple at all to be in the light of the believer. I am frustrated. Why? Because sometimes I see you come to church and you shed a tear and you worship God on Sunday but there's a little temple that you have with the blood of the saints. How many times have you taken the names of your brothers to your little temple called WhatsApp and we began to stop the heart of those you call friends and families? Look at your WhatsApp and look at your text messages. There are little bloods that flows through the messages. You've cursed that girl out. You've cursed that man out. You've cursed them out. Why? Because they've said things and don't think that you don't like. And now you come to church on Sunday. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. You love on yourself, but you go back home and you make libations on that WhatsApp. Little temple. God will judge those temples. 
God will judge those tempers. Now we see the desecration. The house of God. The desecration. I want to say something quickly. I wrote it down. I want to tell you six things. Uh, or just mention nine, seven things. Seven kinds of desecration. All right? Let's look at the book of Proverbs chapter number 6 from verse 16 to 19. A quick one. You, may, you, may, you might tick your desecration. These six things the Lord hates. And seven are abomination. Abomination means idols. Things that God hates. Let's go. A proud look. <laughs> A proud look. Proud people. A lying tongue you lie for a living. Uh, Hands that shed innocent blood. Now, this doesn't mean someone who kills. It means someone who, who doesn't mean you kill people physically. You shed a blood of your brother when you tell something that is not true about them. You just shed the blood of a sister when you gossip them. Do you know how many brothers you've killed in the church? How many sisters you've killed in the church? When you say the things that they did, things that they did not do, you've killed them. If I show you what the church looks like, I promise you we pray every time for God send a revival. We need to clean the blood from the altar first. Before revival comes back to the church, the church is dripping of the blood of the saint in the camp of the saint. The fire is coming out. We are praying for fire. There is no fire coming to the church until we clean up the blood. Until we clean up the blood. I promise you, most of you come to church with your Bible and a sword. On one hand, you open the word of the Lord. On the next hand, you slay your friends. I don't get it how you come to church and cry on Sunday, but you go back home and you slaughter them like an avatar. I don't get it, church. I don't know the reason why you have your knife in your hands. And when someone does what you don't like, guess what you do? Instead of you to look at them and say, we are all work in progress, you slay them all together. The reason why the church is slain is not because they are under the anointed. They are slain because a sister has pierced the sword through their loins and their womb. And that's the reason why the church hasn't prospered. Blood in your hands. We have more murderers in church than we have worshippers. Go back to verse number 17. I'm not done. I need to speak on that properly. Go back to verse 17. The previous one. Yeah, a proud look. A proud look. You look proud. You don't have it. You look proud. No one can talk to me. No one can correct me. I am beyond the law. What dare you? A proud look. You feel like no one has the right to correct you. Are you being serious? Christians, proud in your disposition. What God, what's our, this is for your temples. Proud look, lying tongue. Some people just cannot tell the truth for a living. They lie for a living. They lie like their breath. <laughs> hands that shed, no, the, the problem with this innocence yeah, is hands that shed innocent blood. Dragging people that have no connection with the narrative. Shedding blood. Since when did it become? Let's, let's, the Bible says, let's keep going. I don't know the time. A heart that devises wicked plans. First one is Luke. Go back again to the previous verse. First one is Luke. Second one is tongue. Next one is all these things are what make up your temple. They're your, your look, your face. Your face, your tongue, your hand. Verse, the next one, verse, your heart. A heart that devises wicked. Listen, a heart that devises. I don't get it. That when it comes to you planning in real life, you don't have any plan in your life, of your life. 
But when it comes to planning evil, you are a master builder. Are you not saying that? And I realize that everyone who plans evil for another don't have a plan for themselves. They spend the time. The word device is the same word in Hebrew as to craft. Do you know what witchcraft is? Let me tell you what. Witchcraft is different from witches. A witch is not saved. They are witches. A witchcraft is a, a Christian crafting witchcraft. A witchcraft is a craft that someone does. A craft is a handiwork. There are Christians that craft wickedness. Oh my God. Oh my God. A lot of you have learned the craft of wickedness. Even though you speak in tongues, you craft wickedness. You craft failure. You craft tears. You just want to make people sad. It's called a craft. Whatever you can do with your hands. So there are people that don't fly at night. As witches, but they craft wickedness. Do you not know that? You might be here. When someone's success threatens you, when you get angry that someone is doing what you plan to do, when you begin to talk bad about the people that have attained what you haven't attained, why do you always find bad things among people that are not on your level? It's a craft. A craft is a handwork. Are you hearing church? The Bible says, a heart that devises evil plans. Then the feet. This one is the feet. I'm not even joking. These are your temples. I'm not joking. The feet that are swift, quick. In running to evil. Uh, no, this, 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 I mean, quick. When someone celebrates their breakthrough, you are slow. To say thank you or congratulations. Be careful of those that are quick to put RIP on your post and no congratulations. When you have your home, they went silent. When you have your child, they went silent. When you built your industry and businesses, they went silent. But the time that you lose someone, they're the first to say condolences. Any man who sends you a condolence without a congratulation is the culprit. These guys are swift to run to evil. I call them the company of evil. Church of England? No, Company of Evil. C-O-E. They, they only run to they only run to evil announcements. They, they only run to, that's the reason why I'm, if all your friends are bitter, don't start any prayer group. If you are in a company of angry people, don't start a prayer group because you're all bleeding anger. This is a feat that is swift in running to evil. I, I wish this, the feat was swift at running to church. We have services you don't, you don't, you're not swift at services. You, on Sunday you take your time. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind, you take your time to do your makeup. It's okay. It's okay. You know, 
But these are the ones that are very quick when it comes to evil stuff. Why do you, why are you quick in celebrating evil? Even in the church of Christ. A couple of days ago, or weeks, a month ago, I came out on social media. I will post on Instagram, I want to do a teaching. Highly detailed theological teachings. You find maximum 100 people. Sometimes, even up to 100. One day I did a test. Was it last, a month ago? And I put on my Instagram title, description. I'm coming out. I need to confess it. I promise you within 10 seconds. And I started by saying, guys, I can't pretend anymore. I can't, I can't pretend 200 people watching. I kept going. I've I been living in pretense all this while. I know I'm a pastor, but I don't want to. 300 people came up. It's okay. You know, at some point, I'm the one that's going to live in this life. 400 people came up. I say to them, you know, guys, I'm sorry. I know you lose your trust in me as an apostle. 500. I was going on. After everything, I put my head down. I said, oh, God. Uh, the, the apostle, are you okay? I started getting inbox. People that never talked to me for like months and years. Apostle, I'm here for you. We're here for you. And I'm... I'm not said it yet. They kept saying, Apostle, are you okay? Please, just Apostle, don't worry. Some will say, no matter how bad it is, we, no, these guys are the ones that will kill you. <laughs> now, after 500 plus people on my page, and I said to them, please come to church tomorrow. <laughs> As I said that, no one of you lie in less than 10 seconds, from 500 to about 50. You know why? Because the church likes to celebrate evil. When you tell them an anointing service, they don't come. But because they want to hear what evil has he entered, scandal, and then they're all there. A faith that run to evil. These guys, I promise you, they left all the people they are watching online. And they came on my Instagram. They want to hear what uh, apostle, uh, we've caught him now. That's what they're doing. It's a faith that run to evil. Let's go. Verse 19, the last time. A false witness. Who speak lies? And one who sows discord. I, I, I need my time because it's too much. A false witness who speak lies. All these are abominations unto the Lord. And what the abomination does, it causes desolation. It causes desolation. And that's the reason why I want you to turn to Ezekiel chapter number 10. We're going to jet speed quickly. Thank you. Ezekiel chapter number 10. We're going to jet speed. Is that verse number one? And I looked. Remember chapter number eight? We saw the desolation. We saw everything was bad. And I looked and there in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubim. Now this is the holy of holies. Are you following me? The cherubims are in the Holy of Holies on the message seat. Was above the head of the cherubim, there appeared something like the sapphire stone, having the appearance of the likeness of a throne. Then he spoke to the man 
clothed with linen and said, go in among the wheels. One second. Under the cherub, fill your hands with coals of fire from among the cherubim and scattered them over the city and went as I watched. Now as the cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple, when the man went in and the cloud filled the inner court, then the glory of the Lord went from the cherubim. Hold on. And what's this? God's glory resides within, within the cherubim, where the Adonai is in the midst of the cherubims. Because of the desolation, the glory of the Lord left the cherubim but paused. It didn't leave yet. It's waiting to see if there will be correction in the desecration. It paused. He didn't just go. He gave them a second chance to fix themselves. The glory has not left them. It's still there. Glory of God paused over the threshold of the temple. And the house was filled with a cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the lost glory. He paused. Let's keep going. And the sound of the wings of the cherubim was of the cherubim was heard even in the outer court, like the voice of the Almighty God when he speaks. <laughs> then it happened that when he commanded, the man clothed the linen, saying, Take fire from among the wheels, of among the cherubim that was that he went in and stood beside the wheels. Let's keep going, verse 7. And the cherubim stretched, and the cherub stretched out his hands from among the cherubim to the fire that was among the cherubim, and took some of it and put it into the hands of the man clothed with linen, who took it and went out. The priest. And the cherubim appeared to have the form of a man's hand under their wings. And when I looked, there was four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel by the cherub, and the other wheel by each of the cherub. And the wheels appeared to have the color of the burial stone. As for the appearance, all four looked like as it was a wheel of the middle of the meaning the wheel of a wheel. Then when they went, they went toward any of their four directions. They did not turn when they went. There was no invariableness in God. But followed in the direction of the head. The head was facing. They did not turn aside when they went. They have eyes all places. And their whole body with their back, their hands, their wings, and their wings, that was four heart, they were full of eyes around them. As for the four wheels, they were called in many hearing wheels. So, each one had four faces, the face of, face of a cherub, the second the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an eagle, keep going. And the cherubim was lifted up. This was the living creature I saw by the river Cheber. Let's keep going. When the cherubim went, the waves went beside them. And when the cherubim lifted their wings to mount up from the earth, the same waves also did turn, not turn beside them. 17, please. When the cherubim stood still, the waist stood still. And when one was lifted up, the other lifted up. Except up. The spirit of the living creature was in them. Then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim. Keep going to your end. And the cherubim lifted their wings and mounted from the earth in my sight. When they went out, the wings beside them, and they stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house. And the glory of the Lord of Israel was above them. 
This is the living creature I saw under the God of Israel, River Cherubim, and I knew that they were cherubims. Each one had four faces. Keep go- Let's keep, this. keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And I, this is not what I want. <laughs> the glory of God is there. Anyway, to, to spend a look at the scripture, realize that the, the, the glory of the Lord left the temple. It was the abomination that led to the desolation. But there's one final one that will happen later. It will lead not just to desolation, but it will lead to destruction. Amen. We've got five minutes to go, and we end. Whoo! Hosea chapter 5, verse 15. Hosea chapter 5, verse 15. The Bible says in the prophet Hosea was writing. Do I have it? Hosea 5, verse 15. If it's there, say it's there. Good. I will return again to my place. Because he left. Till they acknowledge their offense. They will seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. What led to the destruction, I'll give you a scripture and I'll end, of the temple. Remember when Israel had been freed from Antiochus Epiphanes. They ran to Rome and they became an ally nation to Rome. Israel was not originally a vassal state. They were first allies. And the reason why Israel and Rome became allies was because that's what he called the triumvirate. The triumvirate were Julius Caesar, Pompey, and a guy called Cassus. The three guys. And they went to Rome and said to Rome, please, let's be allies because we don't want these guys to trouble us anymore. And for a while, then much later, from allies, they became the protectorate. Rome began to protect Israel. And then from protectorate, they became what you call a vassal state. It meant that Israel began to submit to Rome. So because of time, I don't want to go through the history. Then they put a guy who was a procurator, a guy who was like a governor of Judah. By the way, Judah is Judea. The Greek word is Judea. The Hebrew word is Judah. This procurator, he was troubling the Jewish people. He was actually Roman. Troubling the Jews so bad. The Jews began to trouble and say, we need a new governor. We need a new guy because this guy is terrible. When these Jews began to cry, the emperor that was a Roman at the time sent the Syrian governor. And the Syrian governor went. This was about AD 66. The Syrian governor went at the time. The apostles were still alive. And they made peace. But these Jews who said no, they needed an embassy in Judea. These guys cried, but no one could help them. At one point, they got upset. And they killed all the Roman gods. And news came to Emperor Nero. That the Jews had revolted again. And this time, Emperor Nero sent a guy by the name of Vespasian. Vespasian was his top captain. And said, Vespasian, go to Jericho 
and see, so we go to Jerusalem and see Jerusalem. Vespasian came with his army. Went to Joppa. Went to Jericho. On his way to Jerusalem, he heard news that Emperor Nero had died and there was no one on seat. What he did, he ran back to Rome, fixed the things there, and put his son that was called Titus. Are you here in church? For Titus to sort out things in Jerusalem. Titus was an angry man. Titus said, you know what? Because you guys have killed our soldiers. Guess what they did? They did not just kill the Jews. Actually, when Herod built the temple, remember Herod repaired the temple. When Herod rebuilt the temple, the dome of the temple was made of gold. Are you following church? Jesus prophesied, this temple you see, this brick will fall down one by one. It happened literally. Because when Titus burned the temple, the gold that was made from the dome went through the bricks of the temple. So much so that the Romans wanted to save the gold, they took out the brick one upon another. So when Jesus said that this brick will fall upon one another, they took out the brick one upon another. But before we go into the, the destruction, there is a warning. I'm done now. There is a warning. And that warning, because a lot of us, we've, some of you have desecrated. Some of you have deserted. But before you have that destruction, one more warning. And that one morning, warning, warning is in Matthew 21, Matthew 21, verse 13. Bible says, And he said, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Before Jesus did this, he went to the temple and he saw them exchanging money, selling doves in the temple. A place that was meant to be a house of prayer became a place of exchange. And what did Jesus do? He flipped the table and overturned the table. Let me help you today. I do not want God to destroy my temple. I'd rather it flips my temple than destroy it. Mm. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 16 to 19, the Bible says, And I, brethren, do, not, do you not know that you are? It's right into the Corinthian church. Do you not know that you are the temple? Of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone desecrates, we are the temple of God. There were seven things that we mentioned a proud look, a lying tongue. You know the, you know the seven, right? We are the temple. He said, If anyone of you defies the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. <laughs> you answer that one for yourself. Verse 18. 
Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in his age, in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. Now, and there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 14 to 16. Quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verses 14. You guys need to be faster than me. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 16. If it's there, say it's there. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 16. The Bible says, Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? If you are joined to a harlot, you are one body with her. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Everything that a man does is outside the body. But it went on and on. Because we are the temple of the Lord. But I want to show you one thing as I end this scripture today. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse number 1 to the end. And I'm done. Are you ready for me guys? Let me tell you what will be destroyed. You are born again. Your soul will not be destroyed. What will be destroyed will be your works. Are you hearing me? That desolation, that des desecration that leads to desolation. Desolation means that you don't have fellowship with God anymore. You've blacked God out of your picture. You're walking on your kind of senses. First Corinthians chapter number 3. Let's read. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but to ask canon. He called them brethren, but called them canon. You can't be a believer and canon. That's the problem with the church. We are canon believers. But he said to them, I cannot speak to you as spiritual people, but canon, as babes in Christ. They are Christians, but they are canon. Canon means living within your flesh. Living with your senses. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you are not able to receive it. And even now, you're still not able. They are Christians. But not, not able to even... Milk. They cannot even eat milk. Even up till now. Should, should I tell you what milk is? Every single day I come to church, stop fighting. Milk. At this stage of your life, I should be teaching you on the depths of God. These are all elementary principles. And I am tired. The child may not even know how painful it is to bring that milk from the breast. And all she wants is milk, 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 milk. And sometimes when they grow their teeth, they bite the breast. The one that pumps the milk knows how painful it is. Yummy church. We don't, oh, I'm hungry, milk. Oh, the child, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. And the mom is just giving milk every single, and, and the child does not even know it takes so much from the mother. And sometimes she's feeling so much pain. And that's what you do sometimes to me. Yeah, yeah. Take the word. And I'm tired. Why? Because there are some other dimensions of God in God I want to take you to, but I cannot go because you keep asking for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and baby like men, men? At this stage of our Christian faith, we are still doing strife and before. When one says, I'm a Paul and I'm a Paulus, are you not carnal? 
Who then is Paul? Who then is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave you. So each one, let's keep going quickly. I planted Paul what that God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God gives. Cannot, very kind of believers. Nine, two kind For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And what is God's building? The temple. Kana temple. We are the temple. And we have holes in our walls. We are the temple. And we have some creeping things. So when we pray deliverance, because there are some creeping things in the wall. So when I call out serpentine, stop, because there are things in the wall that we need to call out. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid a foundation and another built on it. But let each one take heed. Let each one take heed. We are all the temple together, right? But let each one. Let each one take heed how he builds on it. So, if you are a brick, stay well. Because if you're not aligned, you affect the entire bricks. Build well on it. God has given us the template. Build well. What it means is that if you are living well, live well. Because if you live two lives, you cause issue on the foundation. For no other foundation can anyone lay upon that which is laid. Jesus is the foundation. Keep going. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, I'm going to talk to two kinds of people as I'm ending now. If any, if any of you builds on this foundation with what? Gold? Silver stone? Precious stone? No, no. There are two types of people here that will build. There are those that will build with this imperishable. What material are you there? The only three I want in this church are gold, silver, precious stones. The next ones are wood, hay, and straw. These ones, these ones will be refined when it comes through heat. These ones will burn and consume. I don't know where you are. I don't know what material you are in church. The problem with the church, the reason why we haven't grown as a church is because some are gold, some are silver, some are stone, some are hay, some are wood, and some are straw. And each time we pray, let us grow as a church. When fire comes, we come down again. Why? Because the hay, the wood, and the straw cannot hold the, hold the stone. So we don't grow. We grow up and we come down. We grow. Why? Because when we go through heat, and the fire of life will drop again. You can imagine if everyone was stone or gold or precious stone. We'll just keep building. How long will it remain a wood? Or a hay or a straw? It says, let's keep going. I'm ending with this. Let's keep going. Each one's work. Catch this. Each one's work. Gold, silver, stone, hay, straw. Each one's work. Not each one's salvation. He already calls you brethren. Each one's work will become clear, toothless, for the day. Somebody said the day. The day is coming when we're going to judge your work. The day will declare it. That day, when you stand before God, it will light a little fire. It consumes wood. It's not saying that you will lose your salvation. It's saying you will lose your reward. The day will declare it because... It will be revealed by 
You know that fire in the holy of holy, in the holy place. Let's keep going. And the fire, go back, back, back. The little here, back. And the fire will test each one's faith. Salvation works. You're all part of the temple. Fire will test your work and what sort of material you are. Let's keep going quickly. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, it means that if you built on the foundation, Jesus, if it endures, you will do what? So there were two types of people here. There were those that will be destroyed. Remember, it was desecration that leads to desolation, and desolation will lead to either reward or ashes. If it's built on angels, he will receive a reward. 15. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer destruction. He will suffer loss. But he himself will be what? So you'll be saved. Your salvation is sure. But your reward you will lose. We have a common denominator. We are all saved by grace through faith. But we're not going to have the same reward in heaven. Are you hearing me? The quality, brother, the quality of your reward is dependent on the quality of your material. Gold, silver, and stone will all receive reward for different levels. Straw, hay, and wood, nothing. The Bible says, Yet as through fire. It keeps going. Then in verse, see what it says in verse 16. After it talks about the reward. Do you not know that you are? Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that God and of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you. Do you know you're the temple of God? No. Do you really know you're God's temple? Do you know that the spirit of God dwells in you? It's not a cliche word. God's spirit lives in you. No. You need to hear proper. Do you know that the spirit of God dwells in you? Now, let, let's forget about the, what you read in the book. God is in you. And that's the hope of glory. What did I say? God is in where? Are you guys burnt? Why are you acting like woods? God is in what? God is in me. That's what Paul says. He dwells in you. Verse 17. Let's keep going quickly. If anyone defies the temple of God. That's what the Bible says. Destruction. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are? I'm going to close this thing now. I don't want to open more scriptures again. I'm going to ask you a question today. Where are you in this grand scheme of things? Have you desecrated the temple? You know the seven things we listed? Do you have any one of them? You answer for yourself. Because if you don't deal with that today, that could lead to the next part where the glory of God leaves the cherubim. It could lead to you 
beset in the spirit. And if you don't deal with that, that could lead to destruction. Are you hearing me, church? The reason why, because you have tampered with your temples. And if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to fix it back for you, there is a great loss that awaits us. Are you hearing me, church? There is a great loss that awaits us. I want you to bow your head where you are. I'm asking you to stand up. Do you know your temple? Do you know how you have defied your temple? Do you know how you have desecrated your temple? What is, this, what is it you have? Lying tongues? Proud look? A heart that abhors evil? Wickedness? A foot that runs to evil? What is it that you have in your heart? What is it you have in your heart? What is it you have in your heart? It's time to bring it out before the Lord. Cry to the Lord and tell the Lord, Lord, I bring this before you. These are my little altars. Pride. Offense. Why your, your heads are bowed and think about it. Pride. Offense. 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 Anger. Always angry. You got 60 seconds to think about these little shrines that can define your temple. These little things that have, it has defied your temple. Cry to the Lord and tell the Lord God. Consume these things. Many of you, you're in your heart are things that need the fire of God to consume like the wood, the hay and the straw. Consume everything that is not necessary for my temple. Come on, church, you're not praying out. <laughs> Consume everything that is not necessary for the temple. Consume my pride. Consume my tongue. Breathe through my tongue, oh God. Consume, oh God, everything that is not necessary and needed. Consume. Pray, church, pray. Consume everything. Consume. Consume my pride. Come on, church. Pray. Consume my pride. You know you're proud. You know that you're proud. You know that. No one is to tell you your pride. Consume my pride. Come on, church. It's time to cry to the Lord. Consume my pride. I'm a proud man. I'm asking for help. Consume my pride. Come on, church. 
I'm a proud man. I'm a proud man. Consume my pride. Stay there. Stay there. Consume. Consume my pride. These are things that defy your temple. Consume my pride. I'm a proud man. I'm a proud woman. Consume this pride. This pride has eaten me up. This pride has displaced me. This pride has caused me trouble. Lord, consume this pride. I don't want to be a proud man no more. Deal with my pride. That's what made Lucifer fall. Pride. Pride, pride, pride. Consume this pride. Consume my 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 pride. Hey! Consume, consume my pride. Oh, I'm a proud man. I'm a proud woman. These are things that defy my temple. Consume my pride. Break it on the beach. Just in case you don't know, this is one thing that made Lucifer fall. Pride. I want to be like the Most High. I want to set my thrones above the clouds. I want to be like the I am that I am. You know the little virus and things you're dealing with? That little pride. How dare you talk to me like that? Do you know who I am? How dare you? The pride that you have. I know it all. I cannot submit. How dare you? This pride has eaten you up. Desecrated your temple. That pride, that was what made Lucifer cast down from heaven. Because he was the anointed cherubim covered. He was like a priest in heaven, just like you're a priest on the earth. But pride kicked him out of God's presence. Consumer pride. Consume my pride. How about a lying tongue? Apostle, I don't know how. I just lie. I lie to get myself out of trouble. Help my tongue. Lord, help my tongue. Please pray the prayer. Lord, help my tongue. Let my tongue be seasoned with salt. Mm. Help my tongue that you don't Blabble, you don't babble. Help my tongue. My love, Ragasopra. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Lord, help my tongue. If my tongue is the reason I get in trouble, I talk too much. Breathe with my tongue. I talk too much. Breathe with my tongue. Breathe with my tongue. Lord, help my tongue. God hates a lying tongue. Guide your life with your tongue. A tongue that confesses evil. No, 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 no. My tongue shall confess God. My tongue shall confess I'm healed. Hey. My tongue shall confess I'm blessed. My tongue shall say I'm not sick in my body. My tongue just say I'm rich, I'm not broke. 
My tongue just said, I'm going forward. No longer will my tongue put me back. I confess my tongue is blessed. Lord, help my members. My tongue is blessed. My tongue will not defy my temple. My tongue will not desecrate my temple. Lord, help my tongue. Help my tongue. Cry. Help my tongue. I want to confess that I'm blessed, God. Help my tongue. No more evil shall come out of my mouth. Help my tongue. What comes out of a man? Help my tongue. I want to confess I'm a blessed child. I am not sick. I am not broke. I've got the power of God in my life. I confess. Help my tongue. Hey. Bible says the hand that shed innocent blood. Cry to the Lord, Lord. Where have I slain my brother? Where have I slain my sister? Lord, my hand is full of blood. Lord, cleanse my hands. Lord, cleanse my hands from blood. Cleanse my hands from gossip. Cleanse my hands from the blood of the innocent ones. I have said things. I have done things. I have worked things. Lord, cleanse my hand. Cleanse my hands. What am I talking to in this place? My hand is full of evil. I have done things. I have shed innocent blood. Lord, cleanse me, cleanse me. You are the water of life. Cleanse my hands from the blood of my brothers. Cleanse my hands from the blood of my sisters. Hey, da 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 da. Cleanse my hands, cleanse my hands. Cleanse my hands, cleanse my hands. Cleanse my hands from the evil that I have wrought. Cleanse my hands. I have shed the blood of innocent ones. Oh, cleanse my hands. A heart that devises wicked plans. Lord, I bring my heart to you today. Oh, God. Search my heart. Search my heart. Search my heart. I'll tell God to search your heart and claim your heart. Lord, search my heart. Cleanse me from every evil thought. No, 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 no. Cleanse and search. Search my heart. Tell the Lord to search your heart. And blot out every evil. Search my heart. Blot out every evil from my heart. Every wicked plan from my heart. Cleanse my heart. Hey! Search. Lord, search my heart from every evil. Oh my God, my God, my God, my God. Search. 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 
stretch me today. Stretch my heart. Stretch. 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 Stretch my heart. Lord, stretch, stretch. Stretch my heart. Search my heart. I don't know about you. God is cleansing this temple. You got two minutes before we end this. He's overturning tables. He's overturning tables. My house is a house of prayer. Not a den of thieves. Not a place of gossip. Not a place of evil. The church has to go back to God. God cleanse my heart again. Cleanse this temple. Cleanse this temple. Cleanse this temple. Tell him to cleanse this temple quickly. Hey, cleanse this temple. Sweep it, blow it, please this temple. Please this temple. You got 60 seconds, cleanse her. Please this temple. Oh, please this temple. Please this temple. Please this temple. Ah yeah 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 yeah. Please this temple. Please this temple. This temple, my members, please. This temple, cleanse this temple. Lord, I everyone before you father and if you would do me a favor if this message has blessed you and you feel like God I have desecrated this temple just lay your hands on your heart Lord I I know I have defied Lord I know I have desecrated Lord I know I have done things I shouldn't do I have defied the temple Lay your hands on your heart as I pray for you. Lord, I know you want the best for us. Now look upon your children. We know that we have defied this temple. We have desecrated our individual temples, but we ask that you come overturn these tables. Flip this table again, Jesus. We don't want 
the God of mammon and the God of this world. We've built shrines in our hearts. We've gone over and beyond and we have taken grace for granted. We have consistently lived in evil. Lord, we've done all the things that you mentioned in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to 19. Lord, we've done all these things and more. But as a church, we come asking that you cleanse our temples. Cleanse us from every, every filth, everything that defies the temple, everything that causes desolation. Lord, we ask that you cleanse us from every unrighteousness and that we will see your grace work wonders. Cleanse our heart. Now what you have to do now for the next 30 seconds, just tell him to clean you. Lord, clean this temple. Clean this temple. Clean this temple. You've got 30 seconds to pray that prayer. Cleanse this temple. Temple has been tampered on. 